Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their left pet to ensure their pet's future, and we also provide trustee services. But I get the pleasure today of introducing you to our newest friend, Trisha Montgomery. She is the founder and president of Moose's March, Inc., and she is coming to us today from Columbus, Georgia. Welcome, Trisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Peggy. Absolutely. So Trisha has a really interesting background. She's a senior executive leader with 20 plus years of driving growth and revenue for the veterinary, health, animal welfare, and wellness industries. And she is also, as I mentioned, the founder of Moose's March, which she's going to tell us about. But tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are today. You have an interesting work history. Well, that was a mouthful. I didn't know I was all those things, but <laughs> I, I absolutely. So first of all, again, thanks for having me. Um, my journey into the veterinary profession uh, started in an odd way. Um, I went to go see my veterinarian years and years ago and uh, Dr. Glenn Mayer, and he looked at me when I came in and he said, every time you come in, not only is your dog Louie, uh, have the onset of diabetes, is gaining weight. He has the onset of diabetes. And then as professional as he could, he looked at me and said, and Patricia, you're not getting any thinner. Oh, wow. Um, and so that I, I, he was an older veterinarian and I, I, I think he didn't even realize what he said at the time, but all of a sudden he said it and then he realized what he said at the time. And that really just, I, I left his office, you know, really in tears and went into my um, really kind of a, a someone who just was just very um, insecure, somebody who just hid. And I, I, I just just immersed myself in food and uh, everything that I had done to myself, I'd done to Louis. And as, and he was my comfort and my, you know, and so every bit of food that went into my mouth went into his as well. And I think that probably two to three weeks later, something snapped inside me and I got up from the couch and I went to the mirror and I took all my clothes off and I looked at myself in the mirror really for the first time. And I looked down at Louie and everything again, up and down the leash, everything that I'd done to myself, I'd done to him. And um, at that point, it was just a change and uh, started to walk really in the dead of nighttime because I'd been so made, I'd been made fun of as a child, as a, as a kid in college and going and moving on. You know, when you're fat, people do have a tendency to judge. Um, and we, I went to the 
the track at Hinsdale Central High School in Hinsdale, Illinois, and we started to walk. I began to lose weight and just changing. Took about three, three, maybe three months, and I went back and I asked Dr. Mayer for a job. And he hired me, not knowing anything about the veterinary profession. And just learned everything that I could possibly learn from him. And he was also public education. He was on the public education committee for the Chicago Veterinary Medical Association. And he said, you know, I think you'd be really good at this. And um, there was another woman who had the contract and I went up against her and I kind of just said, I basically do it for, I don't know, maybe $500, $900 a month or something like that. <laughs> I, under, you know, I, just, I, wanted the, I wanted the job because I knew I would be good at it. And um, I got the I got the job to be public education director for Chicago VMA, and then um, I served with them uh, in that position. I think probably five years, and then Eve LaRocca, who was handling the Chicago VMA, the Illinois State Veterinary Medical Association, and the American Heartworm Society, was uh, wanted to resign from her post at Chicago VMA. So then I became both the ed- executive director and the public education director for the Chicago VMA and just did incredibly beautiful things with the organization. I mean, uh, built up membership and I learned everything about the veterinary profession. They are my family and um, uh, just understood so much about it. I mean, and and the, the profession as a whole and the respect for them. Um, I left the organization um, uh, in 2008 and um, I went on, I decided to create my own company and go on my own journey. And that was Canine Fit Club. And it was gyms for people and dogs because it was based upon my own journey of losing weight with Louie. And um, that, that, was a, that was a journey in and of itself, uh, way, way ahead of our time uh, before anybody was really thinking about obesity and, and working out or things like that, or uh, really that health and wellness movement and looking at Dr. Ernie Ward and the Association of Pet Obesity Prevention and all, all these different things. Um, we built programs for both people and dogs and they were science-based programs from the University of Tennessee. Dr. Ernie Ward, Becky Moss, or Nap, I mean, all these other people we were recognized by National Association of Sports Medicine, American Council on Exercise. So we took two industries of health and wellness and fitness and crossed them in to health and wellness for both human and canines. And uh, I love that. I, I love I, that. I, yeah, we had Namaste Stay, Bow Wow Boot Camp, Papalades. Um, we, we were in what, what we realized is that people, who are who are overweight or unhealthy, they are less likely to go to a gym like a guy was simply because of people judging them. And they felt, if you realize that, they feel more comfortable with the dog because the dog provides that security. It provides that everything's going to be okay. I'm focusing on the dog. Working out's not so rough. Get it? Rough. Yeah, um, no judgment zone, right? <laughs> when you've got your dog by your side. And so um, we were in nursing homes because we realized also that the connection and your ability to um, touch people, um, that it communicate that the communication, the health aspect of it, this entire journey was just absolutely incredible from a standpoint of health and wellness. Um, I, uh, in, in 2000, and I think it was 2019, we had just uh, certified our last clubs and I had realized we were in the process of selling Canine Fit Club. And I um, 
I really wanted to go into animal welfare and um, and because I've been part of the pet industry, the veterinary profession, and, and I wanted to go into that, have that trifecta, I guess, knowledge is what I call it. Um, and I, I had about three different organizations that offered opportunities. And I landed in Columbus, Georgia at Paws Humane Society, which was just absolutely incredible. Uh, just a, 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 a beautiful town, a beautiful board and, and people that really cared about animals. And, and, and it is not one of those organizations that is funded the best. Um, and helping them through the pandemic and really seeing the crisis of uh, animal welfare that it was and that it is in currently. Um, obviously, during the pandemic, there was that boost uh, of, of pandemic and, and, and adoptions that has now uh, obviously gone away. We had a veterinary clinic, so my love of the veterinary profession, I was able to uh, take into that as well. Um, but I left in in uh, uh, January of of twenty uh, of twenty two uh, December January twenty two, and was able to um, begin consulting. Uh, and so um, I had adopted Moose my uh, during the pandemic, and actually I didn't know anybody in Columbus other than having my job. And so here was this dog, and I actually fostered him on my birthday, smack dab when the pandemic first started. And I'm I, I said to myself because I had lost my dog Zeus to Cushing's, and that you know when you lose a dog, uh, that pain is still there. So I I uh, I adopted Moose, uh, fostered him, and then I realized I couldn't leave his side, and nor could he leave mine, and he just became my glue. And went to the office with me every day, and um, just this heart, and just the eyes of the soulful eyes, and just um, a beautiful and just an incredible companion. And when I say he was with me twenty four seven, he was with me twenty four seven. I mean, and he would actually because I would find myself at the office seven p.m. to nighttime at night, and he would kind of nudge me like, "Hey, it's time to go now, time Mom. Time to go home, right?" <laughs> you know, animal welfare work. You're, you're there six or seven days a week, and and you're putting in the hours. And so um, that was that really beautiful work life balance that he he afforded me, and uh, just. I think out of, I've had many dogs in my life, but um, I always say that Moose was my heart walking outside my body. Please don't tell my son or daughter that I said that, but I will say that that is Moose for me. And just, um, I had, uh, we were, we were actually, um, I was at the, I was at Talladega um, for a, for the race car driver, Zachary Tinkle, working with Lauren Dar and some other people and, and doing some things there, came home from Talladega and, um, the, the dog sitter, who was a beautiful girl by the name of Kennedy Stone, had said, you know, he's not acting, you know, he's a little bit lethargic. He just doesn't seem like he's feeling that great. And I came home and I, you know, of course, you're grabbing him. I'm like, well, it's so good to, you know, <laughs> and um, he had one, two, three, four nodes he had uh, on his backside, on his tummy. And as, as we know, with cancer uh, at that rate, we knew what was going on and he he really was gone within three weeks. Uh, oh, the quality wow. of life just went down and it just, it was something that was just um, devastating um, and, and painful. And um, I don't think I've ever experienced a heartbreak like that before. 
you know, my uh, uh, emotional, my mom, my dad had passed away, then my mom passed away, then Moose had passed away. And it was like, <laughs> don't know how much more I can take here. Um, Talk but, about trifectas, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And took me a while. Um, I still, I still don't have a dog, but last year, I think through the pain and the misery and, 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 and just realizing this is not me. This is this, I need to do something. Um, I created Moose's March and Moose's March is his legacy and his honor and honoring and cherishing him in a way that helps both pets and people. Uh, we are uh, our own 501c3 organization now. I'm very proud of that. I'm very happy to say that. Um, and we have partnered with an, a beautiful organization um, called Volition Veterinary. And we are um, we are really focused on the early detection of pet cancer and um, and really helping pets and people in need um, and also working with shelters to make sure that perhaps getting those pre-cancer tests to those shelters uh, that so desperately needed and getting it to the hands of the people who can least afford it and giving them hope and peace of mind. Um, we know that, you know, out of 84 million dogs, really 6 million of those dogs will be detected with cancer. And um, I think it is the, the number is one in four dogs has, has a chance of getting cancer. And um, understanding that, um, that if you, if you can detect it early, um, then there is is more chance, although uh, obviously cancer isn't curable right now, but it certainly is treatable. And that's really what we're hoping to accomplish through Moose's March. Um, and very just very proud of that effort and proud of the people that have surrounded us. Um, I uh, the, the people that have come on board with this are just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Dr. Tom Butera of Volition Veterinary, Kristen Worman of, of Baseball Zoetis, uh, Becky Mosser of uh, North American Veterinary Technicians and just an icon uh, and love her and respect her so very much. Uh, David Levy uh, and then Dr. Brianne Van Pelt out of Chicago. Um, so surrounded my, uh, us with this beautiful team and um, want to do good and give back in Moose's name. That's incredible. Thank you for doing that. So tell us what the most common types of dog cancer are. It is uh, obviously lymphoma is the, is the top one. And um, uh, that is, you know, you're going to, you're going to see that through through the lumps and the bumps and, and, and different things like that. But there's also, and I'm going to say, I'm going to try to pronounce this as Harbinger's uh, sarcoma. I, if I don't, if I don't say that right, my apologies to your listening audience. I'm, I'm not a veterinarian and, um, uh, but um, when you look at the breeds of, uh, of, of those that have cancer or that, that are most um, breeds affected by cancer, uh, it is, you know, you've got your golden retrievers, you've got your, you've got your bulldogs, you've got, you know, those Labradors and those golden retrievers, they are going to be more prone to cancer uh, than other dogs are. And as obviously as more research comes about and the, and Morris Foundation is doing a beautiful job with pet cancer research, research, we're really trying to dive in and find out more about this. Um, there's a lot to learn, I know, and there's a lot of um, 
people doing a lot to try to do exactly what you're doing, I think, too, which is the early detection and then the treatment and then providing resources to um, people who need them um, yeah. to be able to treat their pets. I personally, I've lost a dog to lymphoma. I lost a dog to stomach cancer. Um, so certainly anytime you have lots and lots of animals, you, you run that risk. I have a cat right now that has lung cancer and, um, and you, you just scratch your head sometimes because you're like, you know, how did they get this and why? And, you know, my cat's only nine. One of my dogs was only six. The other dog was rather older, but, um, there's still the question mark, like, why do some dogs get it? Some dogs don't. Right. Uh, and, they, and yet they're, they all live in the same household. They all are experiencing the same things, eating mostly the same foods. Right. Uh, so right. you just never know. Right. Right. What they're saying right now, I think it's cancer is the most common cause of death in dogs over the age of two years old. And I think I believe, and, and I, I think I'm right about this, but over 50% of dogs over the age of nine or 10 are going to develop cancer within their lifetime. So obviously an older, a senior dog is more predisposed to cancer and it is, it's devastating. And, and where do you turn? Where do you go? What support do you have? Um, uh, it, there, there are many groups out there, but really what we're trying to focus on is the knowledge of that early detection and, and focusing on that and, and making sure that people are aware that there is testing out there for canines, uh, for pet cancer. Um, and, uh, and I know that the feline, I think they're going to be doing a peer review paper, Volition Veterinary is in 2024, um, about that. But again, um, there, it, it I think, I think if you if you look at the the quality of life and having that time that quality of time and I I think if I would have been given more time with Moose I would have taken it in a heartbeat but it was just too late and he had strikes against him though he was uh from Columbus Animal Care and Control uh right here in Columbus Georgia he was heartworm positive um, he was a bully mix. He was a low rider, uh, cattywampus legs and everything else going on about him. And, you know, there are a lot of strikes against him. And so you wonder, you know, if could you have detected it early? You know, was were there too many strikes against him at that point? And um, just knowing more and educating people and trying to, to open up the resources and the education so people can learn more about that. Um, we are having, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this, um, on November the 2nd at 7 p.m., we're hosting a uh, Let's Talk About Pet Cancer webinar. It's going to be hosted by Steve Dale, and, um, on, and it's free of charge uh, via Zoom. Anybody can attend this, and um, we're going to talk frankly and openly about pet cancer. You can send your questions in advance. Um, we're going to be able to talk to experts. We're going to talk to pet owners. We're going to really find out, you know, really talk about cancer openly. And obviously November is pet cancer awareness month. And we really want to put the focus on education and understanding more about this devastating disease. Um, and we are, um, we are raising funds. We have $31,000 raised so far. Uh, we have, we're, that is going to be our giving Tuesday push. Um, we're, I, my goal is to raise $100,000 this year. We raised $12,500 in one day last year. We're raising $100,000 this year. And that's going to go directly to 
help pets and their people and education on early resources for, for early education and resources and helping out pets and people. Very, very cool. So tell me how we tell our listeners how they can sign up for Absolutely. the webinar. All they simply need to do is go to moosesmarch.com. There is a, there'll be a flyer there and a QR code. They simply scan that QR code. They'll be able to scan that and register free of charge for that seminar on November 2nd uh, via Zoom. And again, that's hosted by Steve Dale of WGN and, and Pet World. And just so happy that he's on this, uh, uh, with, with us on this journey. Excellent. Well, that sounds like a wonderful program for our listeners to be able to sign up for and something to look forward to. Um, because I think sometimes pet parents don't know where to turn and you can't just call up your vet and have a chat because you feel like talking about it. Right. Um, so this might be a great way for people to um, get more information, know that there's a community of people out there. And then I noticed on your website too, that you ask people to um, share their stories as well. Absolutely. We want to hear from you. We want to know about your story. We want to, we want to be able to cherish these pets from your family and, and, we want to talk about them and we want to, we want to keep their memory alive. And so we're going to be featuring on the website and you'll see different pets on there, but we're featuring pets who have passed away of cancer and, and, and keeping their memory alive and keeping those stories going. Uh, we also have a community uh, uh, through Moose's March that's on Facebook as well. Um, and people can be invited to that and share their stories and talk openly. If they need resources, we're going to be able to find them because we work directly with veterinarians, animal welfare workers. We also work with grievance groups as well, and we can help you out in any instance by giving you the support and the resource, resources that you need to help you in this, in this journey, because you don't want to be alone. And um, when you think about cancer and when you think about um, empty nesters or, or when, who their children are gone and, and they're divorced or they're widowed or they lose a spouse, um, that, that animal is all they've got. Where do they turn? We want to give them a resource and a place that they can go to. We are here for you. That is Moose's March. Oh, that is so cool. Thank you so much, Thank you. Um, Trisha, for doing that for animals and for their people. Um, and not just limited to dogs, cat people are welcome too, right? Absolutely. We, this is not uh, uh, the, although the tester for uh, the, the canines, um, cancer is not uh, exclusive. <laughs> it is a very inclusive disease and we know that. And um, I think that Mrs. March is, we're talking about cats and dogs both. And I, I also want to put out there, my, my father passed away of cancer. And so from a devastation, and when you think about this from pets and people, we're learning from the education, from the human side of it. Um, and so being able to learn more from the canine and, and the feline side as well. But this is this this uh, webinar is open to anyone. We want to hear from you. Um, we would love to see you there. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Well, and, and I have a Thank friend you. who just devastatingly lost his horse to cancer. Um, so horses are not immune oh, either. So, I mean, it's just pervasive God. everywhere we look. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much for doing all that. And um, before we sign off, is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Any special tidbit of information? I would say 
pets are family and enjoy that these beautiful moments with them and um, give them hugs and love and just spend as much quality time as you can because you you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, and since you mentioned that, I think we should give it a little plug. Um, Trisha also has a podcast or a podcast, as we like to call them, um, called Pets on Family. <laughs> so check out her podcast as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, Peggy, thank you. I've I've followed you for so long now and just an honor to talk to you. And thank you for the opportunity to share the Moose's mission, his march. And again, we're sharing a message of hope and we're sharing a message of peace of mind uh, that there can be, there, there, there is hope out there, even though cancer is not a word that you ever want to hear. We're spreading the message of hope through Moose's March. Excellent. Well, to our listeners, check out the website, moosesmarch.com. Look for them on Facebook. Join us on the webinar on November the 2nd. And um, did I get that right? November 2nd, 7 p.m. Yeah. Right. And um, thank you to our listeners for joining us each and every week. And um, thank you for protecting your pets with a pet trust. And you know my favorite saying, until there are none, please adopt one. Until next time, happy tails. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!